This ad-free podcast is part of your Slate Plus membership. Lucky you. Hello and welcome to this mini episode of Big Mood, Little Mood. I'm your host, Danny M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is June Thomas, co-host of Working, Slate's podcast about the creative process, and here we are reading a letter from a listener. So then I will quickly read our last letter and I will I will send you on your way and you will return to the rest of your life. The subject line uh, is Damocles' Daughter. I'm a longtime listener with a problem I haven't been able to solve by combing through the archives. My parents are getting a very slow divorce that was provoked by a betrayal from my father. They've been at it for seven years after a three-year separation. It's not a priority in the courts since they don't have young children or common property, and they both want to be right on every little point. They can't be in the same room together. I have two wonderful kids, a four-year-old and an eight-month-old. When my four-year-old was a baby, we had her baptized to placate my mother-in-law. I invited both of my parents and told them to figure it out. My father attended, my mother refused, and stopped speaking to me for months. Eventually, she started speaking to us again after I showed up at her door and insisted we reconcile. She's never acknowledged how difficult it was for me to be the recipient of her vitriol, multiple all-caps emails, and silent treatment, even though we later had a conversation where I apologized and asked her to at least acknowledge my feelings. She's also convinced that I am, quote, not on her side and prefer my dad. Nothing I can do convinces her otherwise. She stopped speaking to us again later that year for another divorce-related reason. Meanwhile, my father continues to be supportive and great to me and my kid. Now my son is getting baptized in a few weeks. My mom has built a significant relationship with my daughter. They're both Virgos, so she disappears. It's not just me she'll hurt, but my daughter. Whom should I invite? Both and risk my mom disappearing again? Neither. I don't want to reward her bad behavior by only inviting her. I'm at a loss. I loved, by the way, uh, my daughter. They're both Virgos. Especially totally. because my first reaction was like, she's not a Virgo. She's four. She's a four-year-old. <laughs> yes, that's what they truly have in common. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, man, Danny, I, I feel bad, but I just think get this woman out of your life until at least she can get her, her shit together. Because this you do. Why are you introducing your four year old to the world of dysfunction if it's, it's just not necessary? I just don't understand why people prioritize relationship with parents above their mental health. It's clear. And the mental health of their children who are four years old and really do not need to be put in the path of this you know, dysfunctional train. This family doesn't seem to care about baptisms. Um, it was, it's being done to duplicate the other side of the family. Yeah, a lot of um, theme, right? That's the theme of like on both sides, like a lot yeah, of work to placate the parents. A lot of going on here, yeah. Um, there's no sense, you've given me no indication in this letter that the mom, your mom, letter writer, will respond to anything that you do that might be rational or logical or reasonable. So, you know, why why are you still holding on to the hope? I know why, because you probably love her and you're thinking that this, you know, she's she's suffering because of this divorce and she's going through something hard. But you know what? It just sounds to me like she's wallowing in it. Ten years is enough to be going through something like this, especially if there's, you know, it's not about money. It's not about kids. Like you're, they're just enjoying it too much. Um, I just say cut the cord, at least for a while, not necessarily permanently. Maybe she can, you know, redeem herself. And I understand that, that 
grandparents want to spend time with their grandchildren, but I think maybe they need to earn it. And I just, I just fear that what what's going on here is just setting up the the four year old, and surely a little bit down the road, the the child who's eight months old, to just be in the middle of of just emotional nonsense. So I say, get out of there. What about you, Danny? I mean, I, I certainly sympathize with that. Um, I. I share your sense of wanting to prioritize the letter writer's daughter, especially, you know, mm. letter writer, you're aware on some level that like, all right, it's one thing if my mom's just hurting me, but if we're talking about hurting my kid, I want to maybe look for a different approach here. And of course, letter writer, I also really, really understand, presumably you love your mother. Um, and especially if she has a sort of history of yanking away your relationship when she's mad at you, there's also a part of you that's just really anxious and tense and wants to avoid that as much as possible. I think there's also to me an element of like the sort of line in there about the 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 courts don't prioritize this because of this, this, and that felt to me like a little bit of an attempt to justify what the letter writer otherwise understands as unreasonableness from her mother. And I would just say, I, I get it. Like the court is not invested in whether or not your parents get divorced. But I, I think we can both agree. It's not, it's not really because of the common property and it's not really because they don't have young kids. Um, it's because they both want to be right on every little point mm-hmm. and because they would rather prioritize dragging this out than moving on and having it done. So again, that's not, even something you can control in this moment. I think I just wanted to address it first because it seemed so like, it seemed like such an example of ways that you're still trying to mentally justify. Well, it's kind of a complicated situation and you just don't have to. You can just say like, it is nuts that my parents have been taking a decade to get divorced. They should have finished it. And you don't have to be like, well, technically this weird thing happened and then that weird happened. Like, it's just nuts. That's okay. And, you know, I think that's also why, like, it was provoked by a betrayal from my dad. Felt like, again, like, otherwise the the allegiance here was clearly like, my dad is nice to my kids and doesn't give me grief. Um, that's great. Um, he might be a little nuts about slowing down his divorce from my mother, but in terms of our relationship, he's keeping his side of the street clean. Mm-hmm. But since technically he betrayed my mother, even though she has been hurting me for a decade acting unreasonably, making unreasonable demands, announcing that I need to pick her side. Um, Technically, even though those are really messed up things, I guess she does have a right to do them because she was betrayed. And letter writer, I just want to give you the gift of freeing yourself from like justifying her bad behavior. Um, if, if it has felt like too mean or cruel to say, get over it, you don't have to say, get over it. You can just say like, that has nothing to do with anything. Um, whether or not you want to be mad at your ex-husband for the rest of your life about how you two got divorced, that's up to you. That has nothing to do with my relationship with you independent of my father or my kid's relationship with their grandfather. Like if you want to try to litigate your anger over your breakup through my kid and through me, I'm going to stop letting you do that. I think that would be really great. And so like letter writer, Absolutely. Like if you wanted to just get through this and do the easy thing, you say you're worried about rewarding her bad behavior. But first of all, you've been rewarding her bad behavior by not cutting her off a lot sooner. So in for a penny, in for a pound. And second of all, she doesn't respond to, you know, not getting rewarded. So I I just think like you don't have to worry that this is the make or break thing. It's really a question of how much longer you want to do this dance. So if it's just about like expediting the baptism, 
by all means, you have my permission to just say, dad, since you went to the last baptism, I'm inviting mom to this one. It sounds like he'll be pretty cool about it. Um, and then you can invite, uh, her, but then your problem will still remain because even if you do exactly what she wants, something else is going to come up and she's going to get mad about something else. And she will probably do the things that she's done before and it will probably hurt your kid. So while you can do the easy thing now and save that for a little further down the road, I do think you should start thinking about it's not, it's, it's not going to go away if I handle this baptism perfectly. So honestly, if it were me, I would invite her to the baptism and then have the big, you know, like fight after, like at a later date when it's not tied to a specific event. Um, because at least then there's not like, but the baby, but I would also, I don't know. I would invite you to at least, again, I want everyone to feel really free to decide in their own minds how much work they want to do to make various relatives happy. I am not, you know, I'm not against being, uh, you know, gracious towards the needs of your relatives or sometimes doing things you don't want to do for somebody else. I don't want to make any ruling that says no one should ever baptize a grandchild to please a grandparent. Different strokes for different folks, as they say. But Mm. in this case, you know, you're placating your mom and it's not working. Yeah. Are there other places that you're placating people that's not working that you maybe want to stop and say like, what would happen if I lived with my mother-in-law being mad that we're not the same religion as she is, or we're not as religious as she is. What would it look like if I didn't consider that my problem to solve? I could still be polite and respectful. I'm not talking about saying, fuck you and your church. I'm not look like telling you to like mail her atheist tracts. I'm saying, what would it look like if you floated the idea with your partner of saying, what if we didn't do that? How would we live with her saying, this upsets me? Uh, how could we politely say, I'm sorry to hear that? I wish you the best. Like, why is it reasonable that you pantomime a religious expression that means nothing to you um, in the midst of all this other placating you're doing? Again, doesn't mean you have to think through it and then decide, no, we're going to tell her to fuck off. But, you know, at least give it some thought. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels to me that there's so much mental energy and so much time and space and, and that could be used for something that would provide happiness that would that would be that would be productive that's going into how can i make a person who is behaving unreasonably and is not responding to to common sense or to to rational arguments or to logic how can i make them be reasonable and you can't and i think that this is i mean I, it's clear to me that the letter writer knows this and i understand that she wants to sort of consolidate her gains in a way that, you know, right now there's kind of, it feels maybe almost like a truce, you know, that she's not yelling at her daughter. She's, she's having a good relationship with her Virgo granddaughter. Um, but it feels like it's just, I can hear the clock ticking. I can hear, yeah. um, you know, some, the, the bomb is going to go off at some point down the road. We don't know exactly when, but the letter writer knows. I mean, she's, yeah, she stopped talking to the letter writer on two separate occasions in the last three years. Yeah. It's going to happen again soon. It is. Yeah. It's just going to happen. And, you know, we just don't know when the explosion is going to happen, who's going to be hurt, but somebody will be, somebody will be, or or at least some property. Like it's just, there's no positive outcome. And, you know, I, I, I realize that a lot of people are just not able to just sort of say, um, if this were in any other relationship, if this were a friend, if this were a coworker, if this were, you know, anybody, I would take this one path of behavior. But because this is my mom, 
or this is my grandma or whatever, you know, if because of blood or, or family relationships, we, we do different things and we hurt ourselves and we hurt our kids and we hurt the people we love. And I just wish there was some way to say, this person is kind of poisoning your relationships. This person is poisoning your life. You know, you don't have to cut them off forever, but they're not good for you right now. And so just, you know, don't wait for the explosion. Yeah. Maybe just kind of preempt it a little bit, just, you know, or, or set some boundaries or set some tests that if they're met, uh, you know, a more normal or a more uh, full relationship could be, uh, you know, at least, you know, started or, or, or explored. But right now, this is not a, this is poison in your life. This is toxic. It's devastating. Um, uh, yeah. It's devastating. Your, your mother has unilaterally stopped talking to you and said really hurtful and alienating things and then afterwards pretended that nothing happened, that's really upsetting. And yeah. so letter writer, you know, if I were to sort of like lay out a possible timeline, I, I might suggest this, you know, reconsider whether or not you want to do the baptism. If that feels like just too much to put on your plate right now, fine, go ahead, you know, do it, invite your mother. Um, get that out of the way. Let your dad know in advance. He'll be fine. Um, and then, you know, at a slightly later date, Take your mom to the side, ask her if she can take a walk, give her a call, something like that, and say, I need to talk about something with you. Um, you haven't apologized for, you know, going silent on me. And I know that uh, I've also, you know, hurt you. And we've talked about that and acknowledged that. So I'd like to now talk about and acknowledge the thing that hurt me um, and to make a request of you, which is to not do that again. Do you think that's possible? Do you think that's reasonable? Um, if you think that the idea of committing to not giving me the silent treatment again in the future sounds really unreasonable, that's information I want to have because that's going to affect how much time we spend together, how much time we all spend together as a family unit. Um, I would like to ask that of you. I think that's a reasonable, loving request, and I think you're capable of of meeting it. But if you tell me that you can't, you know, I'll I'll act. I'll act differently. Uh, you know, and I think, frankly, letter writer, you know, you don't even have to have like a big come to Jesus where you fix everything perfectly. Um, but even if she can just like, if you could just say to her, like, mom, I know you said before you're convinced I'm not on your side. I just really want to clarify I'm not on your side because it is unreasonable to talk mm. about a 10 year old divorce and ask me to take your side as if we are friends on the playground and I need to turn my back on some other kid. That's mm. my dad. He's always going to be my dad. We have a relationship. I am aware that he hurt you. I don't think it was good. I think he did something wrong, but I'm not going to kick him out of my life for it. And I'm not going to punish him for it. And I'm not going to feel your feelings about it for you or with you. If that is unacceptable, if that feels unloving, if that feels like I like him better than you, I don't know what to tell you. Because to me, that's just reality. Um, and so I love you. I think that he did betray you. I don't think it was a good idea. And I'm glad you're not in a relationship with him anymore. But I cannot and will not, you know, continue to jump through these increasingly elaborate hoops to prove to you that I like you better than him or that you're a better person than him forever. Um, that's not lovely. That's not fun. That's not good. I don't think you feel good when you do those things because you don't seem happy, relaxed, peaceful, in control. You seem out of control and agitated and insecure and anxious. And I want better for you than that. 
you know, if she can hear any of those things, that would be wonderful. If she can't, you can always say like, I realize I just gave you a lot of emotional information. Maybe let's both sit with this. We can take a break and talk about it again in a day or two, but I hope you'll think about it and give it some real thought. And that's my best advice, letter writer. And then go into all that expecting. If she's ever going to take any of that stuff to heart, it probably won't be in the first 24 hours. That's the kind of truth that maybe takes a little while to find purchase, uh, to call back to our first letter and start growing in the in the soil of her soul. Um, so think of that as a conversation that might bear fruit in a few weeks or months or years, uh, but not necessarily right away. Although it'd be great if it did. Um, and then to just kind of assume she'll probably have a bad reaction. She's been doing this a long time. She's probably going to be pissed off and continue to behave unreasonably. So expect that and think about who else can I get support and love and affirmation from? Um, and how do I get myself out of the path of all caps emails where she says a bunch of crazy shit to me and mean shit to me? And then focus on your great kids and your dad. And you don't really say anything about what your partner is like. So I don't know. Is your partner good? I hope so. Thank you for joining us on Big Mood, Little Mood with me, Danny Lavery. Our producer is Phil Circus, who also composed our theme music. Don't miss an episode of the show. Head to slate.com slash mood to sign up to subscribe or hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using right now. Thanks. Also, if you can, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to know what you think. If you want more Big Mood, Little Mood, you should join Slate Plus, Slate's membership program. Members get an extra episode of Big Mood, Little Mood every Friday, and you'll get to hear more advice and conversations with the guest. And as a Slate Plus member, you'll also be supporting the show. Go to slate.com forward slash mood plus to sign up. It's just $1 for your first month. If you'd like me to read your letter on the show, maybe you need a little advice, maybe some big advice, head to slate.com slash mood to find our Big Mood, Little Mood listener question form, or find a link in the description on the platform you're using right now. Thanks for listening. Thank you.